Well, hello there, and welcome to Martin and Kathy's Coffee Binge. We're so happy that you're here today. Ah, that's good, Joe. You did it! Congratulations! World's best cup of coffee. Great job, everybody. Welcome back, everyone. This is what we're dealing with. We've lost control of the time drive. We're here to see Zha Ying. I'm an inhuman. I need your help. Something took away her gift. The safety of our people depends on it. We are mere moments away from catastrophic failure. Marvel's Agents of Sheep. GBN presents Martin and Kathy's Coffee Binge. Today's binge. Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. All right, welcome once again to another episode of Martin and Kathy's Coffee Bench. I'm Martin. And I'm Kathy. And uh, we are up to episode eight of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 7. That is correct. Uh, and uh, it was entitled After and Before. Uh, it seems like there was more after than before on this one. But, uh, I, I, but it was back to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. As, exactly. as we know as we it. So, right. so uh, that was good. But as we start every new podcast, I give my lovely wife an opportunity to talk about whatever she wants to talk about. And to be honest with you, I'm going to be as much uh, in the... Uh, era of what she's going to say is you are because she didn't tell me what she's going to say so uh, let's just learn about it together. <laughs> All right the floor is yours my dear. Okay so as we've talked many 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 times and about my sleep deprivation it's caused by many things and one of those things is our son Jeffrey and he has uh, in the past several years has decided that he must have two iPads. And that was our fault. Yes, it was. I blame ourselves. But now, don't go there and thinking, golly gee, you two clowns, why would you give your kid two iPads? Well, here's the thing. Jeffrey's autistic. We don't have to buy him a car. We don't have to put him on our insurance and it costs him like two or $300 a month because he's 17. You know, none of that stuff is going on. So two iPads is kind of cheap comparatively yeah compared to buying a car, or, a car yeah. or, or anything else so so what we have done is we have decided that the ipads are his car basically and when they break or and and believe me they don't break because of misuse they break because of use they're always in use right and now that he's been out of school he's there really used constantly so and of course uh you know when they say it's not misused and i guess in a sense it's it is only because he grabs the cord and yanks it out. Correct. Uh, but again, it's because he's using it so much is why that uh, right. adds up after a while right. where it might not normally. So the charging port for the for the iPad has been compromised, and there's nothing you can do about it because one, unless you want to go pay a couple hundred dollars to get the thing fixed, you just buy another iPad. Right. So and it's pointless because then it's new, and there you go. So that's kind of what we've been doing. Every time he has a issue like this, we just go ahead and get him another iPad and then everything's fine. So um, this happened on Tuesday night that he ruined his 
iPad. Right. So, He's charging for it, yeah. Now, when Jeffrey's iPad won't charge, the first thing he says is charger, please. Right. He figures just changing the cord will fix the problem. Right. Which it normally and, does. And a lot of times, yes. Because he, he, we do go through quite a bit of cords as well. So um, we really thought we were doing this great idea by going to the five below store and getting the cords because they worked great and they were fine. And so if they got, if we got, you know, they got messed up, fine, no problem. We went ahead and threw them away and got another one. It was no big deal. Except for the fact that we five dollared that thing to death, and then we realized that we could have just got on Amazon and got a half a dozen of the daggone things for ten dollars. Oh well, <laughs> lesson learned. Whoopee! So um, anyway, so so that's what we've been doing lately. We've been buying this, you know, basically a five pack, and we usually get two of them at a time, and that's it. Now, so also. Um, a lot of times the iPads won't work unless you use the Apple um, uh, power pack. Uh, the charging block. Yeah, charging block. Sorry. Uh, so I went ahead and got two of those. So we have two brand new charging blocks. And I, and I noticed that when we gave it to him, because you know, the one we bought came with that kind of generic looking box. Yeah. He you left that no. right in the outlet. And he said, that's the, all right. I need my new one. Right. So which is fine. All's good. So. Anyway, so the first night, of course, it died, and he just was beside himself, you know. And I'm like, charger I'm please, sorry, charger I'm please, sorry. Charger please, right. charger please. I'm like, this thing isn't going to charge. Sorry, sorry, sorry. It's so anyway, broken. so I, found, I said it's broken. I said, well, but we'll just leave it plugged in. So I did, and it kept kind of trying to come on. But anyway, I told Martin, I said, the next day I said, you need to get that thing away from him and just let him know he's not going to have another one until – you know, the one that we ordered comes in a day or so and give yourself enough time to Plan for sync failure. it up. Right. <laughs> so, or, or if it doesn't work, then we can get another one. Just, you know, just because you can't is, tell him something and then it doesn't happen because that's not cool. Because we ordered it actually on Tuesday and it came by Wednesday. Right. But we didn't tell him that. We told him it wouldn't be here till Friday. Friday, right. Because, again, we've been bit a number of times about telling him when something was going to come and for whatever reason it didn't. Yeah, or or, and, or it or we, it took, you know, another, you know, it took time to charge it up. Then we had to reinstall, reinstall stuff. stuff. And then all of a sudden now it's another day and he's chomping up a bit so anyway. he, he was pretty good about it though he was i mean totally we, good about yeah, it. yeah we told time. him uh, that he would not get it till friday and uh and i kept telling him it's okay and i'm like this is tuesday so you got wednesday thursday friday right and then you get it on friday so he's been telling me about it all week right. but see this is the other thing he hasn't been able to sleep very well because he keeps telling me when the thing is coming and he won't stop talking about it so he will not go now I'm, he's already keeping me up until three and four o'clock in the morning anyway with his just the way his body is not going to sleep because he doesn't get any kind of good exercise. At least not as much as he would yeah. when he's going to school. Right. And such. So anyhow, so every single evening he has been um, making sure that he tells me over and over and over again when he's going to get his iPad. So we have Wednesday, been Thursday, yes, Friday, white iPad. And and my, that's how he describes it by color. Right. His the, white iPad, blue iPad. I have two iPads. And I always tell him when he doesn't go to sleep, I'm going to take two iPads. And you're going to have zero iPads. He doesn't have two iPads. So, I'm so sorry. 
I'm so sorry. Right. I won't. Like, yeah, I'm like, get off of that thing or I'm taking your iPad. Oh, and that's the other thing too. So every night also at before he begins his iPad um thing, he's now telling me the um uh, our public service announcement for fit. <laughs> Uh, yeah, because uh, he listened to it and he liked it, so he recorded it on his onto his iPad. Yeah, so he's, he keeps repeating it back, to me, and then he wants me to, of course, repeat it because it's my voice, so he thinks it's funny as heck. And he's going, <laughs> he's, he's laughing that off at it. Well, anyhow, all I'm trying to say is that I'm still sleep deprived, and thank God he got his iPad yesterday. And honestly, he went now, even though we didn't get, he didn't actually get in bed until uh, 1.30 or quarter to two last night, he was sleeping, um, I think by 2.15 or 2.30. I know he pretty much stayed asleep. And he stayed in the bed because usually he'll get up and he'll go uh, to the bathroom five times and slammed every door in the house and, but he did not get up. So he I was able to rest last night because he got his iPad. So it's all good. In the so hood. now you understand why he needs two iPads so that mommy can sleep. It's very selfish of me, but okay. hey, it's worth it. <laughs> okay. That's it. That's okay. all I got for today. I know it's a dumb story, but just no, it's, it's just, it's, it is what, it's what we do. Yeah, it, it's our life. And, uh, we're welcome to it. Okay. Uh, so, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. That's the one we're talking uh, about. Uh, okay, so this episode basically started out kind of showing you what happened right as Deke and Mac were left in 1982. Right. Which was basically the uh, jump drive failed, and they're thinking it was because it got damaged more than they realized when, under the missile attack. Right. Uh, so it automatically set up to jump right after they arrived in 1982 and before Mac and Deke could get back to the ship. Right. So, of course, they missed the ship, and we all saw last week what happened to them. Right. But in the meantime, what they uh, Gemma realized is that the jump drive is malfunctioning, and she gave a good explanation of it. She, she described it almost like a stone skipping in a pond. It's basically, you know, if you've ever, I'm sure skip, much anyone skip, has skipped the, a stone skip. into a pond, you usually start with big jumps, and then it kind of settles into right smaller jumps, and then it sinks. Uh, so that's basically what she was saying is happening to the Zephyr, is that the uh, jump drive is failing, and they're good, they're doing initially longer jumps, but eventually it's going to get to the point where metaphorically it's going to sink unless they can fix it. Now to fix it, they have to get access to the jump drive, but it has got a cycle of energy going on that they cannot get near. And the only way to get near it was to be fast enough to penetrate it. And the only one who would have been fast enough to penetrate it would have been Yo-Yo. Right. But, of course, Yo-Yo is still having her problems as you can't access her powers. Of course, they're in 1983 now. And in right. 1983, uh, Daisy's mother, Jiaying, is still at Afterlife. So they're thinking, well, then what we need to do is go ahead and have Yo-Yo go to Afterlife. And, and if anyone can help her with inhuman issues, could be Jiaying. So they go ahead and jump in the uh, Quinjet and leave the Zephyr to go visit to Afterlife to visit Jiaying right as the Zephyrs, you know, right after the, they get off just before the jump, the Zephyr jumps. Uh, and the Zephyr just continued to jump. So they're trying to solve the problem while May and Yo Yo are going to visit Jiaying. And of course, 
May apparently has developed her powers have developed to the point where she no longer has to touch people to feel what they're feeling. Now she can do it from a distance. And they're talking about it as they're heading toward afterlife. And May says that she picked up on Yo-Yo and Max reunion uh, from outside the room. And of course, Yo-Yo is kind of embarrassed and also feeling kind of uh, a, bit, a little bit violated. <laughs> and of course, you know, May saying, hey, it wasn't all that bad. <laughs> uh, but uh, and she said, if you're feeling what I'm feeling now, then we're gonna, neither one of us are going to be any good because I'm all worried and frustrated and may says i know i can feel that which is why you need to sit down and relax Mm -hmm. Uh, so in the meantime they they land the quinjet and they decide to land cloaked because they of course may remembers you know in the previous timeline the minute uh, jayin saw a quinjet she started a war of course this was before before everything happened to her this was before Daniel Whitehall got a hold of her and cut her to pieces and everything. Right. So she was less skitterish uh, about that kind of thing, but she still was protective of her people. Right. Which is why when May and Yo-Yo sh- showed up, uh, a young like, right, yeah. say a young girl, of course, was trying to get away from the compound mm-hmm. and they caught her. Uh, and that's right when May and Yo-Yo showed up. So. Uh, they took her back to compound, and Gordon, the guy who in the previous episode was the guy with no eyes and could teleport, asked um, them, I guess he's a head of security. I'm not sure exactly what he is. Lee is? Lee, yeah. I, I don't know what Lee is. But uh, I know he's kind of a, uh, a dick, right? <laughs> well, uh, he's, he's, again, he's, he's protective of, of their people. If he, is, if he indeed is security, he's doing exactly what he's supposed right. to be doing. And of course, his concern as far as uh, the girl, which her name's Cora, is that she presents a danger to right. the, to their society because she can't control her powers. Correct. Um, and apparently she has some sort of um, either eye-blistering fire right. She almost kind of looks a little like um, yes. Captain Marvel's mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, but she, but she's got right whatever the power she is, whether it's radioactive, whether it's just power of whatever it is, she can't seem to control it, and of course that makes everyone kind of fearful of her. Right. So she's feeling a little threatened, you know, by the whole thing. She thinks right. that they're trying to hold her hostage there, and they're saying, "No, we're just trying to help." You. Right. But anyway, so when they see uh, Yo-Yo and May there, they uh, ask, "Okay, so what are you people doing here?" And they said they come to see Jaiin. Right. Of course, their first question is, is how do you even know who Jaiing is? Right. Uh, and so they, Gordon takes them back to their compound. Right. Does his little teleportation thing. And of course, Jaiing comes in and says, okay, it's so how do you... Yeah, it's a little teleportation Yes, a little teleportation. Because you know everybody's doing that. Yeah. <laughs> it's you just see, a little. Yeah. Well, yes. Then. And poof, you're somewhere else. <laughs> Everyone's doing <it>. Poof. <laughs> okay. So uh, she asked them, you know, exactly how she knows who she is. Said right. that she was someone told her that she could help her, and then Yo-Yo says that I'm an inhuman. And of course, Lee is saying, "Yeah, right. It's okay if you're an inhuman. Let's see what you get, what's your power." Right. And she says, "Well, that's the problem. I can't. I don't have my power." Said, "Oh yeah, right. Sure. How convenient for you." Yeah. Uh, so he just wants to keep them locked up. Said maybe after a while you'll stop your lying. Right. Of course, then uh, May talks to Jaying in her own language. Right. It says, "You want to believe her?" Uh, so, if I need, and 
when she talks to Jaying in her own language, Jaying's thinking, well, are, you, are you an inhuman too? I said, no, just because she is. Uh, so they decided to bring out, they break out the diviner, which was the kind of... Yeah, the, that the obelisk. The, the, right. I couldn't tell the word I was trying to think of before. The obelisk. Yeah, you go, girl. Uh, the, the little obelisk. I'm the proud owner of the vocabulary yeah. of the agents of field. Okay, so she breaks out the obelisk, and of course he's, Lee is thinking she's not an inhuman, and he says, of course, this is dangerous to anybody, but inhumans right. touch it. And he, so, was, so he was trying to say she, she didn't care, because right. she already knew she wasn't going to be bothered by it, and she's going to reach He's looking all smug. And, You're going to die. And she immediately reaches out and grabs the thing, and of course, I didn't realize at the time when she grabbed it, why it didn't start right, nothing happened. Up. Yeah, I forgot. I forgot she, yeah. she, well, you know, that now that she's gotten her real looking prosthetic the one right. that you, you like, forget what you she forget that she right. has those, before she had the metal arm so you yeah, didn't and, forget and about she it could crush your neck like um so she whatever. grabbed it of course it doesn't do anything and then mason is kind of nodding at her. oh wait a minute he's a prosthetic yeah. so she holds right. it to her face and it lights up right, which no, is what they yeah. what it does well you pass right when when inhumans are in contact with the right with the diviner so uh jayin says okay right basically you passed so we're gonna see what we can do for you she runs a whole bunch of tests. She basically, basically brings her into a uh, inhuman spa. <laughs> gives her uh, gives her acupuncture, right. and, okay. and of course, all Yo-Yo knows is this, it's not Hopi. He said, "You know, these spa treatments aren't going to help me. I'm feeling really good, at, you know, uh, very relaxed, right, with the heated stones or whatever else mm-hmm. you're doing to me. But it's not helping my problem. Uh, so, in the meantime, uh, they keep seeing that Cora keeps trying to escape." It's all yeah. they keep hearing is them bringing her back. And, of course, Maze went her and saying, so... What's the name? Jeffrey? Right. <laughs> and, you know, when they're initially talking uh, to Jaying, May tells Lee, says, hey, you don't have to worry about it. Once we get Yo-Yo taken care of, we're going to leave and we'll be like, we never knew you people existed. Right. And, of course, he tells her that, well, you're going to leave when I say you can leave. Which I didn't like that. Right. Well, of course, she I was said, like, what do you think you're doing? Well, of course... Uh, May said, what well, do you normally keep people hostage here? Like that girl who's trying to escape? Mm-hmm. He said, well, she's not any of your concern. Mm-hmm. Uh, so apparently his his gift, and this is kind of, you know, it's kind of weird because it was always explained that in humans, gifts were manifested by things that the community needed. Does the community need a guy who makes knives appear out of his hands? Yes. I guess it's security. <laughs> so that's what his power was. He could make knives appear out of his hands. So he does that in front of May. May, of course, immediately goes into defensive mode and right. jams the knife back toward him, and it disappears, and he brings up another knife. Right. Now, according to him, he said that he did this to see if Yo-Yo's powers were coming back. Right. And Yo-Yo tried to move, yeah, she did. but uh, it's the same problem. She kind of locks in place. Right. So after that, uh, Jaying says, okay, I think I have a theory of what your problem is. And uh, we got one more test that we're running, and I'll be able to let you know in the morning. This is right again where Cora's trying to escape again. Right. And this time, uh, Jaying locks May and Yo-Yo into the room. Right. So uh, they're sitting there waiting for the results because Yo-Yo is saying that okay, she if she doesn't come up with some kind of magic pill for me mm-hmm. to fix it, we're out of here. Yeah, right. we're out of here. And May says, "Yeah, I agree." And whatever's going on with this girl, that's not our problem. Right. Okay, so she comes the next day to get them, and uh, she asked them if they got any rest. At the time, Yo-Yo was snoring. <laughs> so uh, Yo, I mean, May says, well, one of us was getting some sleep. 
so she goes, well, we ran our final test and your problem is not physical, it's mental. Who said that? She didn't say she, she Basically, said it was it's mental. She said it was, she said it was in your mind. Right. Same thing. No, but mental. Well, what, mental I know, but who, is, who, who said that that was her problem my, originally? What? Who said that was her problem originally when this whole thing Man. started? No. Oh. I'm sorry. Give yourself some credit. You did. I did say that. And right. You want to know why I said it? Right, because it was from the from the get go. I right. said it the very first, very first time she she couldn't do it. I said, "Oh man, she didn't psych herself out." Because that's exactly what I would do anytime I was batting and I had a bad at bat and the previous at bat. It's the same thing. It was my power. It was my power. We're breaking, to, out to your, we're breaking out your softball stories now. Hey, it doesn't matter. I, I used to hit line drives up the middle all the time. That was, was my superpower. And all of a sudden, I, I had a bad outing, and it messed me up for like three games. And and it, I was getting in my own head. And and same with diving. I do great diving, great diving, great diving. And then I had bad meat, and all of a sudden, I'm in my head. And then I couldn't get out of my head. So what happened? So I was good on Okay, that. mystery solved. And, and, and I'm really sorry that um, that I didn't answer you properly immediately. You might want to cut that out. Uh, no, you, you were fine. It's a, it's a, but, but, but basically, we thought that she was, it was a, right, she was having a psychological issue, yeah. a block, whatever it was. So that was been confirmed. Okay, so, and of course, Yo-Yo took that as you're saying that I'm just making this up. Yeah, no. And she goes, no, we're not, just because it's in your head doesn't mean it's not real. Uh, but he said, but well, we, it's really in your head, right? But she's thinking that we right. might have a solution for you right here. And she started looking at May. Said, uh, he said, Do you feel her anxiety spiking? She went, well, yeah, said, Well, you might be able to be an emotional guide to her to figure out what her problem is. The and eyes it, began right. to roll, and so this yeah, was my favorite part you, of the episode. I know. <laughs> and yo yo goes, <laughs> Right, and of course, and of course, Yo-Yo's go, right, is going to say, oh, but no. Says, like, sharing emotions like, is not her thing. So, and he goes, May goes, it's really not. It's, not it's really not. Uh, so she has them sitting there on the floor in like uh, yoga poses with their hands on each other's legs. Right. And May's, of course, thinking, this is my right, absolute worst nightmare yeah. ever. <laughs> so uh, Jaeen comes up with a little cup of tea for Yo-Yo and says, here, I want you to take this. No, and I thought it was funny because the minute she handed it to Yo-Yo, Yo-Yo immediately gulps it down. And I was thinking, you know, you didn't even wait. What if she was going to tell you, hey, this is poison. I just need you to smell it. But she didn't even wait. She just gulped it down. <laughs> and, of course, May is going, is that whiskey? If so, I want lots. <laughs> and Yo-Yo goes, no, it's like herbs and dirt. <laughs> so uh, they're sitting there. And, of course, they're basically all they're doing is just like heavy breathing, like sighs. Right. While, while, uh, they're just rolling their eyes going. <sighs> so Jai-Yin goes, I can tell that my presence here is causing you people, is making you self-conscious. So I'm going to let you guys figure this out. So, of course, they're tr they try it again, and, of course, Yo-Yo gives it all about five seconds and says, this isn't working. And, and May is telling her, yeah, because all I feel from you is embarrassment. So he said, well, they, you're thinking that contact will help? I've got a better idea. So, and of course, Yo-Yo's thinking, well, we're not going to spoon, are we? <laughs> he says, no. So oh, instead, what they do I is right, <laughs> they spar. They basically you know, do their uh, training fights. And every time May hits yo-yo she has a flashback first time she does is 
when the shrike invades your right which every time they show that i still don't understand why they need to just grab the thing and pull out you know what let's, let's not, let's <laughs> not i have go, the same question every time i see it going <laughs> to those things that were wrong really why did that happen right you're you you're you guys are like almost like superhero types and you can't like get out of your own way for like one second or or they dodge the bullets of things that are just blah, 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 blah. nobody gets it right Okay. And where the hell are they shooting? Right. But, like, no one got even nicked. There was a seven thousand bullets. Okay, but but we digress. Okay. Okay. okay sorry. But uh, so in the meantime, uh, she tells Yo Yo, "Okay, try to use your powers to keep me from hitting you." And of course, she's trying, but she can't do it. So May hits her again, and uh, she she's the young girl hanging, you know, who's hung. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then she also sees Ruby. Right. Which I can understand that one because because she cut her neck right, right because she killed her neck, right uh, and of course she did that because she was trying to stop her from being the destroyer world right uh, but still she had guilt from that because you know Ruby was a young girl and uh, perhaps didn't need to die right but anyway so <clears throat> I'm gonna go with yeah she did need to die what was gonna happen to her. She was gonna be able to ingest all those crazy guys talking in her head all the time. She couldn't handle a tiny little bit of it. Right. Well, <clears throat> and of course she Never still mind. had her the powers that were making people uh, crush them with her mind and things like that. Mm, yeah. Okay. So anyway, so which she, is another sad. Right. So they have another. Uh, you know, she hits her, basically flips her to the floor, and she remembers a scene back when she was a child of ten or eleven years old. Right. And this is where. May think, okay, now we're getting getting somewhere. And basically what it come down to was when Yo-Yo was 10 or 11 years old, her she had to move, she moved in with her uncle and her cousin because her father had gotten mixed up with some bad people. So to protect her, she moved in with her uncle. Well, unfortunately, the bad people basically traced down the uncle because, of course, that's the, her dad's brother. Right. And wanted to get the payment that her her dad owed them and of course he said i don't have any money for you uh and the man picks up a necklace which was belonged to yo-yo's grandmother correct and lays it on the table so yo-yo and her cousin are hiding in the closet while this is going on and yo-yo decides that i do not want him taking uh my grandma's necklace so she sneaks out while his back is turned grabs the necklace and goes back in the closet right well, the guy turns around and sees that the necklace is gone and sees the closet kind of ajar. And says, well, as you said, the, the, there the, thief, the about, thief that's in their house. Right, complains says, that there's a thief. There's a thief in, it's in his chair. Right, it said, uh, which, uh, anyway, so the uncle sees him heading toward the closet, so he gets in front of him and tries to stop him, and he ends up getting next to him. He gets shot and dies. So... Yo-Yo is having guilt from that. She said, had I just stood still and didn't go out and get the necklace, he might not have died. <clears throat> so they're making progress, but she still doesn't have her powers. In the meantime, Cora goes back out again, and she actually had a she had used her powers in one of the rooms and kind of obliterated the room. And Lee, of course, says, you know, she's dangerous. She's We can't we can't control her. We need to, according to Lee, basically, he even wants to put her down. And of course, right. of course, Jaying doesn't want to, 
Uh, and that's why, why Jaying was actually hoping that whatever was going wrong with Yo-Yo was an actual physical thing that could be used to stop inhuman powers. Because what she wanted to do was be able to get Korra to to basically remove her powers so she couldn't uh, hurt herself or anybody else. Right. But of course, Yo-Yo's problem wasn't like that, so that that wasn't an avenue for. So anyway, so Korra, like I said, basically loses control of her power in the room and assaults a guy, but she takes his gun and gets out of the compound, and her plan is to basically kill herself. She's going to shoot herself in the head. Right. Uh, But before she can do it, lo and behold, Nathaniel shows up, and we had asked last week whether or not we knew for a fact that Nathaniel had kept Daisy's powers. Right. Apparently he did. Yes, and why is he, what's going on? Has he already killed his his father and his brother? I want to know where they are. No, his, they, no his father's, remember, oh, he already killed, is dead. Killed yeah, he's already dead. But, but we still, where's about the his, brother? Right, we haven't seen Gideon dead? since uh, 1973. Right. So, again, until I'm proven otherwise, I like to almost want to believe that he killed his brother. But does that change everything? Well, I mean, if there's, if there's already changes going on here. No, and again, I still question why it was so easy, or at least I thought it was easy for him to take Daisy's powers. So, you know, just a, well, some spinal fluid, uh, uh, some hey. blood samples, and... Uh, well, I'm sure that he was still... Well, I know that, you know, right now, uh, uh, Sybil is helping How did he find out about Whitehall? Because the Chronicoms hooked his father up with Whitehall beforehand is my guess well, and then he found out about Whitehall's notes right right which again to me as far as I know that's all he has uh, well, maybe so. okay well I, I want to give the Chronicon some extra credit here no they don't get they don't need no sneaking extra credit uh but whatever the reason uh Nathaniel still has Daisy's powers and apparently he's gotten better at managing them since in the seven years or so he's since still wrapping seven. up his arms though uh, yeah, I'm not sure what that is. Yeah. Is that what that is? Yeah. I mean, those flimsy little whatever well, he's wearing he, his arms. He doesn't have um, Gemma Simmons and um, and Fitz to fit her up with some nice looking uh, bone protectors. So instead, he's wearing rolled up socks or something. <laughs> his arms. Electrical like. tape on. <laughs> okay. Well, so so anyway. So anyway, so he. Uh, I would have. I would have fashioned something just as well. So basically, he quakes the gun that she's getting ready to shoot yeah. and makes it fall shoot apart. Shoot herself. Right. right, and he basically, you know, tells her that uh, they've been holding her hostage over there and not letting her be used. And uh, again, she was vulnerable at that time, so he basically just told her whatever she wanted to hear and, and got her to uh, agree to go with him. Right. Uh, so in the meantime, they go ahead. Nathaniel's got a whole bunch of his henchmen shows up and they attack the compound. Uh, so then when Nathaniel's men are attacking the compound, Yo- uh, Yo-Yo was still in the room and a guy comes in there with a gun and right when she's going to try to use her powers again, uh, May kicks the guy in the head and knocks, knocks him out and gives Yo-Yo the gun. Right. Okay, so they're, they're under attack. So they go out in the corridor and a guy's got Gordon on the ground trying to choke the life out of him. And Yo-Yo shoots him, and they end up going into the room where Nathaniel and Cora are at. And Nathaniel uses his power on one of the, I think it was the girl, actually, that he was doing acupuncture on Yo-Yo. Yeah. But he said, you know good to me, and that's where he gets the wall. Right. 
So of course, then Jaiz is asking Cora, so you know, what are you doing? He said, you don't need to do this. Right. And of course, Nathaniel says, no, she's been trying to hold you down, and uh, she's wanting to try to keep your powers, and you need to let them go. Right. And that's when uh, Jaiz is sitting there telling her, said, you know, when you were a little girl, I used to tell you stories about dragons, and always tell you that no matter what happen i would always be here to protect you right. you weren't trying to protect me you were trying to protect yourselves and what else from me so when they realize that uh you know she's kind of like out of control he goes rushing in there thinking he's going to take her out and of course she uses her powers on again a very captain marvelish kind of thing where right. this all get lit up and she burns his face with a punch uh when they see that happen they realize that things are going bad and they need escape so they have Gordon grab Yo-Yo, May, Jiang, and Gordon. Right, they all teleport to the Quinjet. So they get on the Quinjet and May says, okay, you guys can go with us but, you know, we can't guarantee you're going to be any safer with us. Mm -hmm. And of course, Jiang is saying that, well, I can't leave my people anyway and I can't leave my daughter. And so that's when we find out that Cora is her daughter. Daughter, right, which uh, exactly how that transpired or before or after Daisy was born, we don't know. However, she goes, okay, so uh, Gordon says he thinks he might be able to take them to a place that they can hide for right now. And May takes off her watch and says, here, let me give you this, and we will signal you when we're ready to come help you. So Gordon materializes her off somewhere, and they get on the Quinjet and leave. And they're trying to head back to the Zephyr, but the Zephyr is still having issues. They attempt to repair it, and and this was actually another funny scene uh, where Deke has done his repairs and he's telling Sousa standing there, so okay, this is gonna we're gonna try this now, but it's electricity. Electricity is dangerous. Back up. And Sousa's looking at him like, "What do you think I am? And a Neanderthal? I know that." <laughs> and Enoch's sitting there looking at him and says, "No, I've lived with." Neanderthals and Sousa doesn't look anything like them. He doesn't have the necessary brow ridges. <laughs> so he said, would you just hit the switch? <laughs> so they hit the switch and of course the thing sparks out and dies so it doesn't do any good. So now they're dependent on Yo-Yo without realizing of course that, Yo-Yo never got her powers. Right back. and that's the whole So they're, in the meantime Sousa is saying well then we best prepare to abandon ship. Right. So he goes down with uh, to lay out uh, parachutes. parachutes so they can jump off the ship. This is assuming that the, the Quinjet doesn't get back. Correct. That they're actually just going to bail out of the plane. Right. Uh, so in the meantime, Gemma follows him down and brings a suitcase with her and she had made him a new prosthetic for his leg. Right. And uh, it was funny because he asked her, he said, have you ever jumped off an airplane before? She goes, yes, I have, but only once with a parachute. Right. Because <laughs> the first time she just threw herself off because she was trying to uh, Sacrifice herself because right. she knew she was Actually, she's jumped out of a, well, not jumped, but she's been thrown out of an airplane three times because when uh, uh, Ward threw the two of them out. I know, but they were in a box when that happened. Well, there you go. That didn't have a parachute on she it. Was only, she, was, she was only counting that when she jumped off the airplane without the parachute yeah. and when her and Fitch jumped off the thing with the parachute. I remember that. You're right. But, uh, so anyway, but he was looking at her incredulously enough that she jumped off once without one. 
whatever. So anyway, so you know, he's, he's looking at the leg and he's sitting there. Uh, he apologized. He said, "Cause I was really unfair to you right back in 1973," mm-hmm. uh, which is when he was questioning her why she didn't know why the thing was right. jumping so much. And she goes, "That's okay. You know, I pulled. We pulled you out of time." He said, "Well, that's no excuse. I shouldn't have been like that." Uh, he's right. Shouldn't. Right. It was so rude. right after she leaves him there, she goes and leaves a message for the missing Fitz, and basically tells him that. Uh, you know, they've run into problems. They may have to abandon ship here in 1983. Uh, 83. And that uh, she hopefully. will not, you know, She's not going to give up. And right. that he knows, she knows that he will find them. And that's and, all I should. So my question is, is he, is he in the past or in the future? That's you know, I would I'm almost not. want to believe that he's in the future and not the past. I want to believe he's in the future, but I kind of feel like he might be in the past. All I know is because I'll tell you why. Okay, tell me why. I kind of feel like he's in the past for one reason and one reason only. Okay, is that if anything were to go bad, getting to them in the future might be easier than getting to them in the past because he just time then good point just to wait. And but, um, again, very hard thing to do when you have to wait for somebody for 70 years. Which he's done. He's done before, right? But that's the whole point. But uh, so in the I don't know that. So in the I meantime, mean, that's just my that's just my. No. Well, so in the meantime, of course, while she's leaving this message, Deke is standing there listening to it, and right. basically uh, just telling him what he already knew that his grandparents really loved each other. Uh, so anyway, he tells him this. Okay, we're waiting on uh, Daisy. Uh, excuse me, Daisy. We're waiting on Yo Yo and May to return. Right. So we're all up in the command center. So. <clears throat> they reappear right as the Zephyr does one of its time jumps, and of course May being May lands the Quinjet right on top of Zephyr right when it starts to jump again. So she gets she gets them on there, and of course they're thinking, okay, that, now that you're here, it's okay, yo yo, Mac, so can you help us? And, uh, said it didn't work. Said well, it said it was you know it was a long was shot already, anyway, right. and of course yo yo is feeling horribly guilty that. You know, things didn't work out that she can't help them because right. they were dependent. What she thinks feels they were dependent on. And May is telling her to say, it's not your fault. Said, you know, we knew this was a possibility. It's not all on you. Said, we, right. there were other options for us to try and, we, and they just didn't work either. Right. So, uh, and of course, uh, May sitting there telling her and said, you know, don't let this bother you. You're going to bounce back. You always do. And, she, and I'm not exactly sure why she thought this would work, but it did. Which was, well, Maybe I don't have to bounce back. So she, again, what uh, what that cleared, I don't know. But suddenly she decided to because there was nothing wrong with her. Right, There's well, no bouncing nowhere. She all she well, needed to do. See, that's how do, her powers had always worked, though. It always worked. She'd start from one point, go fast, and then bounce, come back to where she started. And she was saying that it just maybe that's the whole point. She didn't. She just needed to do it. Right. It wasn't she just needed to focus on the the the, the task at hand and do it. And that's what she did. So she uh that's what that meant, I think. So basically she goes, you know, gets her speed back, goes up and pulls the device out that they wanted to take off. And but doesn't bounce back, stays right where she's at. So of course apparently problem solved. So I'll kumbi all around. And mm-hmm. uh, uh now, in the meantime, and it's something we actually kind of blew off there, uh, because truth be known, it, 
I don't know that it was really as important of a story as it could have been. And that's Colson's situation. Of course, you know, at the end of last week's episode, he asked when, if he was going to get a body right. back. Okay, so they put in a machine that was very similar to the same machine that made Ada's right. body. Except it was a lay-down uh, machine. Right, and up. they made him from head, and they got him about halfway past his torso when Mac decided, when they were trying to decide what they were going to do about the time jump thing, right. to go ahead and activate him. And he's, of course, Colson's going, well, I guess it's a good thing you started with my head first and not my feet, because <laughs> I won't be able to talk to you if you did that. So, uh, uh, but he really didn't have any. You know, May, I mean, not May. You know, <clears throat> Ada was started from her feet. Yes, she was. Interesting, actually. But anyway, so he didn't really have any uh, insights into it. Uh, but, however, he does appear to be having some, because he had said right when they first activated him the first time, that he said, if, you know, if everyone, we survive all this, the fact that I'm a chronicom and I did not want to come back, I'm going to reevaluate what my situation is. It almost seems, kind of seems like he's reevaluating already. But, he, but like I say, it's kind of confusing, like I said, because when he was just a head in the TV, it was the first thing he asked, when am I going to get another body? Right. But now that he's got a body, now he's sitting there start contemplating, of course, emotions. Because he told Daisy he was happy that she was getting better. But he said, I'm not, sure, not that, sure if I'm actually happy. Right, because he said he doesn't know how many ones and zeros great, add up to, to that fuzzy feeling. Right, and, and I think that maybe that's maybe what he wants. If he's going to exist, he wants to be able to have feelings. Basically, he's, Wait, bicent- he he's basically the bicentennial. Right. He, uh, to me, actually, he already has feelings. I wonder if he would have been better served not to be told that he was a... I don't, I don't see how he could have done that, though. How are you going to do that? First time he cuts himself, he, 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 his wires are hanging out? Well, that's what happened to May when they didn't tell her yeah, that she was a... That was a little <laughs> shocker for her. Right, for her LMD. Well, uh, anyway, that, that's why I say I think that maybe... Um, yeah, that's what I think. All right, so that's okay. That. So, so anyway, so uh, well, we can, have that. Just go uh, so they what they go ahead and decide, you know, because they solved the problem initially. Right. Uh, Daisy, who has been out of her healing chamber, they put her back in her healing chamber right. to heal some more. Uh, Susa resumes guardian guardianship <laughs> over, her. <laughs> sitting in a chair next to the healing chamber with his new prosthetic on, uh, which is, uh, keeps rubbing it like he's trying to get used to it. Um, <clears throat> Gemma tells Colson, said, okay, now you're all back, but you're not fully charged yet, so we need to go ahead and let you recharge. So we'd be like, you're taking a nap. <laughs> but he says, okay, but I want to control it. So she gives him the remote control and he turns himself off. Uh, and in the meantime, while uh, that's going on, Nathaniel is back at the compound with Cora. And he's got all the inhumans that he's captured sitting on the floor. And he said, they're looking and said, okay, so this is this is more like it. We're where we need to be, and that's where they need to be. He says, but we need to think about a redistribution of wealth. Because like the guy with the knives here, why what did he ever do to deserve his powers? Which I thought was hilarious coming from a guy who stole his. Said, How did you get your powers? You stole them from Daisy. So why are you who are you to tell anybody that they didn't deserve their powers? But basically, it sounded like he wanted to maybe start taking more of these people's powers away from them, giving them to somebody else. Well, somebody else or or himself, and that would not would not surprise me, only because 
I wonder if we'll see Grant Ward again. Of course, you know, uh, if, if he does that, you now if I'm Cora, wouldn't you start being a little concerned that he might have that thought about your powers too? Well, the whole point that I think is terrible about the whole thing is if he does, this is exactly what Whitehall wanted to do. He wanted to take the powered people and power himself right. and make himself younger. And see, that was the whole reason that when he was talking to Sousa that he thought that, wow, last time I saw you was 40 years ago and you don't look any different. Or something, right, which is why he thought, that. he thought that Sousa was an inhuman right, as well. Because, and because he thought, you don't age and I want your DNA to... Right, which of course by now whatever. you would think that he would know what Sousa's situation will be now because he's been talking to Sybil. Well, and that's the other thing. What is she telling him? Well, I mean, she she's obviously still being able to tell him because she said he said the one thing she, she can kind of tell him how things are going to work out. And the only reason that someone can tell him how things are going to work out is because she was from the future. Yeah, well, because she also has that time stream device again because remember they brought it. Oh, yeah. So and she says it doesn't tell the future; it just reads the past and tells you different avenues that could happen from uh, from these events right. in the past. So I assume that's what she's doing is reading those. So in the meantime, he's telling uh, Cora, he says that uh, we think, uh, I think we want to try to make a little anna. And she's sitting there smiling. So that's kind of where they leave it. Uh, As far as performers of this episode, wasn't really much of a question. It was kind of a tag team between uh, Ming-Na Wen and Natalia Cordova Buckley as Yo-Yo. Their scenes together, I thought were awesome. Right. They were very good. And, funny yeah it was, very, they, very they, were, they were entertaining it was a very good uh, it, it was a very good episode I, yeah. I enjoyed it and, and it was, was more of kind of what I think of when I think agents of shield for the most part again like I said not that last week's episode was bad no, it was it just different it was, it was different and it was, it was corny and it was so right. funny it was a good kind of corny that it was well, like, like said, it would have been exactly the way that that episode would have been made in 1980 right and, and to me it was kind of a good gift for people who have been following the show for uh, a long time. Yeah. Uh, but not one you'd want to introduce anyone to it. Uh, like I said, uh, I like the scene where Gemma was talking, leaving the message for Fitz, and yeah. we talked about the, the Brow Ridges Fitz. thing. Oh, you know what? Something's got to go. Something's got to give us next. Yeah, so we're, we're, again, we're running out of time. Just want to see him. Just want to know if he's all right. Why isn't he on here? I just, like, they're not even giving us any kind of clues. So, uh, in the meantime, okay, okay, so the next episode is called, it's called As I Have Always Been, uh-huh. which actually is a phrase that's been used a couple times. In the and this episode is directed by Gemma. For the Gemma! So uh, obviously she has more gifts than just acting. Uh, so uh, that's pretty much where we're at for Agents of Shield at this point. So in the meantime, I'm Martin. She's a scientist. Yes, she is way. a scientist. So That's why she's serious. She can be a director. She's a scientist. Oh, never mind. That's just okay. That's her... Never mind. Okay. <laughs> we can go now. I thought you were still on satellite radio. I'm no, I'm talking about Gemma. Okay. Elizabeth. Hinstrange. Is... Yes. She is a scientist in this show. Yes, I know. <laughs> what does that have to do with the fact that she's Nothing! A director? That's yeah. what I was trying to say. So you, you stepped all over my ending. Oh, sorry. Do that again. I'm Martin. I'm Kathy. Bye. Okay, go. <laughs> So, in the meantime, I'm Martin. And I'm Kathy. And we'll catch you next time on another edition of Martin and Kathy's Coffee Bin. Bye. Bye. 
It's been our pleasure to present to you GVN's Martin and Kathy's Coffee Binge. We'll see you next time. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.